Welcome to the Shred with Science podcast with your host, Dr. Chris Spearman, one of the world's leading online fitness coaches, an expert in metabolic correction and a global cover model. Chris delves deep into the most up-to-date scientific literature to provide you with the tools you need to live a healthy, enjoyable, and educated lifestyle. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Shred with Science podcast. Episode 6, Building a Body, Building a Business with Mr. Mark Coles. This is one sick episode. Do yourself justice. Listen to it the whole way through. It gets better and better and better. I'm so happy Mark was on the podcast. He's such a lovely, genuine guy. Yes, absolute legend in the fitness community, full of knowledge um, what he's done is, is is absolutely incredible, but as a person, he's just a gent, I promise you. This is such a good episode. I've listened to it a few times already, so please enjoy. Please listen to it the whole way through. Mark is actually with me in person for this. Uh, so, guys, I hope you enjoy. I hope you love it. Leave me a comment. Let us both know what you think. Let us both know your thoughts. Please continue to share it on your Instagram stories. I'm getting you know, hundreds of those a week. So that is absolutely awesome. So many of you are reaching out as well for online coaching. This podcast was not to generate business from an online coaching business. This is to give out free content for everyone. Obviously, you know, it's amazing that some of you guys are finding it useful um, and are, you know, reaching out to me for online coaching services, which is absolutely incredible. But I stress this podcast is for you guys to give back you know, some some knowledge, but also this is something that I've, I've wanted to do for a very, very long time on a personal level. So I'm so glad that you guys are enjoying it. I'm so glad that you're reaching out to me and letting me know. So please enjoy this podcast. If there's any podcast that you listen to the whole way through of mine, please let it be this one. It is sick. Enjoy, enjoy, peace. Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Shred with Science podcast. I am ecstatic to have Mark Coles here with me today. Uh, we're not only going to do this podcast for you guys, but I think I'm probably going to die if we're training back afterwards. So um, I'm excited for that, but so, so grateful to have Mark on the podcast. Um, he doesn't know this, um, I haven't told him, but my very first introduction to the fitness industry was, was Body Power 2014. And the only person I listened speaking was you, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I wanted to leave that to the podcast to tell him. So yeah, and even you know from from then I was you know massively impressed at the time. Obviously, um, I was a young kid that just kind of wanted to get in shape, and a lot of what you know Mark was saying was was completely advanced and over my head. But I still took it on board. Um, you know how how knowledgeable he was. So now having gone to um, Mark's uh, uh, seminar last month, which was massively, massively beneficial for me, um, training the average Joe client. Um, you know, we, we we connected and finally managed to get him on board. So Mark, how you doing? Chris, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Um, it was great to finally meet you um, a few weeks ago now um, and uh, have you at one of the seminars. Uh, thank you for your kind words. Um, yeah, body power that takes me back. Um, 2014, that, do you 2014. That was that, that was a very very special moment for me because you know any of you guys listening, you know, 
vision boards are a very important thing in terms of life where you want to get to and that that body power was actually on my vision board was it yeah yeah not many people know this but one of the guys that worked for me at the time had said to me is there anything specifically on your vision board and i said well yes there is on my vision board is a lanyard and on this lanyard says body power speaker and uh i wasn't one and about two weeks after he told me uh he asked me the question I got a phone call from Body Power and they said, Mark, um, we've been following your work for quite a while and we'd love to know if you'd like to be or a, you know, a speaker at Body Power. And I was like, wow. Well, um, so little do you know, but yeah, that was one of the go. biggest things that I had achieved at that time in my career. Oh, awesome. Um, so if well, I you, came across that kind of new you, stuff, you I would cover up my nerves very well. You look like a doctor water, to be fair. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that was my first introduction to Body Power. And I think for me at that point, I just moved over to to the UK. I just started my PhD, and um, the, the following week, actually, I had my first ever photo shoot. Oh wow! Yeah, so I was actually I wasn't I wasn't any bit um, any bit advanced by any means, but I was quite lean, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be. And then I got there, and I was like, whoa, shit, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is just different level. It is right. Um, so yeah, but no, that was awesome. But yeah, so yeah, obviously amazing to have Mark on. Um, today the topic of conversation is building a body, building a business, both of which Mark has done extremely successfully. Um, I'm in the process of trying to do both. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we're going to start off first and foremost with building a body for the vast majority of you guys who, um, are probably listening to this and my demographic, um, you know, you want to get in shape, um, but equally, um, for a large portion of you guys, you want to build some muscle, um, you know, get, get probably more of a cover model, um, kind of look than, than, than potentially bodybuilding. And we're going to talk about maybe the few things that, um, you know, that you can do, um, when you're starting out the biggest mistakes, um, how to build up lagging areas and things like that. So I suppose, you know, Mark, first thing, if, if you could go back to when, you know, you first started in the gym, um, back in the rugby days or, um, you know, to speak to people in that situation right now, what are the few things that you you know think are invaluable when when building muscle tissue or are really trying to grow when you're starting out? I think one of the most important things is that we've got to be realistic, and I wasn't very realistic at the time. Right. Um, that uh, you know these things do take time, mm-hmm. um, but just like anything, anything that we've all tried to do, most of us will look back and say, yeah, I wish I'd done something a little bit differently. Um, From my perspective, uh, the first thing that I kind of didn't really appreciate was I I did the whole bulking thing. I did the whole putting a lot of food in and getting very, very fat. And I didn't realize how little I actually needed to create a metabolic shift Mm -hmm. to the point where I was adding tissue. And if I was patient, I would have stayed leaner and built at the same time. It's it's funny you say that because, you know, I, I, I've just asked you, what would you say to people who are just starting out in the gym? I think that's applicable to most people. And if you, I, sure. I, I wish you had told me that maybe 18 months ago yeah. because, and, and, and obviously now it's become more apparent, um, you know, how, how little you probably need to be, you know, in a surplus to be able to, to be able to make that shift. And obviously it's counterproductive, cutting massive, you know, massive bulk and a massive cut all the time. Um, so yeah, no, that's massively valuable. Um, you know, so if, if, if clients going to come to you and, and he wants to build some muscle, 
in, in what way would you approach it, generally speaking, food-wise, you know, t- t- to start? Obviously, there needs to be a calorie surplus. And Well, th- do you know this is an interesting thing with the calorie surplus? Because as you found out when you came to our Average Joe seminar, one of the most important things that we teach anybody coming to the gym is, you know, where are you right now? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're eating poor quality food and you're eating not a lot of protein, um, if you eat a bit more protein and a little bit better quality food, you your are... Your calories are less, you, right. You, well, your calories are less, yeah. but you are actually more in a efficient. more metabolically efficient position Absolutely. because when you break down uh, muscle tissue and you train, um, and we want to start the repair building process, we want to kickstart the protein synthesis, we're going to need more protein, yep. right? So if we start with protein as a baseline and ensure people hit that level of protein required and interestingly you know a lot of the research points you know one gram per pound of body weight for me in terms of what people's digestive capabilities are it would probably be about 0.6 0.5 absolutely agree um i've made the mistake in my career so far and bodybuilding myself of having protein at two pound two grams per pound Mm -hmm. and i had bloated stomach i was not sleeping well i was feeling like i just was not digesting my food very well and and i I seriously underestimated and i think most people underestimate the value of a good digestive system and 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 focusing on digestion 100 percent um and you know in on that point as well i think when you're talking about um the, the calories macros debate a calorie is not a calorie in terms of um, body composition yeah. you know and, and and this whole notion of um you know i'm not pointing fingers at at, at, at any people in particular but um you know when you see oh I've, I've hit my macros for the day to some degree or or I've, I've got x amount of calories in but i'm not burning you know burning fat or i'm not getting muscle and my calories are x y and z you really need and maybe it's just because i'm a scientist but you need to be so critical and so specific with not only the macros the macronutrients but where those foods are coming from the micronutrients but most importantly the timing um i find um obviously you know if your goal is to lose 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 body fat or lose weight you know you put yourself in a calorie deficit and you know you have a decent amount of protein and you do regular exercise you know you're going to see results but it's very very different when you're building a body um you know and i think that's something that i try and get across to my clients as well um but then lagging areas i suppose i've got many so maybe i'll pick your brain on lagging areas for a while so well, no, no i mean lagging body parts is a biggie but i just touch on one subject on the uh you know physiology of people mm-hmm. because we get a lot of you know we'll see a lot of people on a day-to-day basis that will fill our questionnaire out and i'm sure you work with a lot of business busy people Absolutely. and we've got yep. we've got people that are very stressed We've got a lot of people that are unhappy. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of people with food cravings and poor digestion and some people sleeping three or four hours a night. Can you build a better body with a hormonal profile or physiology that's a bit slightly upside down? Yes, you can. Can you build it to the best it, it can be? No, because mm-hmm. you're. if you imagine you're a car, your car will drive at 25%. The, you know, the spark plugs are particularly not that good or yeah. your cranky brakes or anything like that. But if it was more efficient... It would use less fuel. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's going to look better, right? And and you're going to need to do less overhauls on it regularly. Mm-hmm. So if we look at not only giving somebody quality food, but making the mechanics of the body more efficient at using that fuel, yep. you're going to need a bit less. Absolutely. Right? So therefore, if we can make the body 
optimal. So looking at stress, looking at sleep, looking at digestion, looking at mood, being happy, looking at efficiency of actual training. I was going to say the four S's, but I don't want to give too much away from you. Give it away. Give it away, man. Give it (laughs) away. You know, because at the end of the day, we we teach a whole framework, which is our matrix and our, you know, the the, the thing that we've got to start looking at, you know, are are these things, you know, sleep, you know, we we say, you know, shit. Yeah, go for it. You know, um, and stress. and, 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 And you've got to consider these. Yeah. You know, and if you're not considering these, then you are not giving the body its best opportunity or best chance mm. with a plane flying across us right now. Yeah, um, yeah. But you're not giving your body the best chance of being most efficient. And believe me when I tell you this, that we've put most of our clients on three, maybe four portions of protein per day when they weren't eating it. And they notice skin improve, nail health improve, hair quality improve, digestion improve, and sleep improve. And they go, wow. So this is one thing that, um, you know, I really want to address, especially, and I'm not singling um, clients out in particular, but for female clients who come to me and and are generally under eating, um, definitely in general, but also mainly with their protein. Yep. And, And the one thing I say to them is, you know, well, first of all, Protein, you know, you having sufficient protein is not going to, you know, make you masculine, first of all. And secondly, um, you know, when you look at the, the health benefits in terms of, you know, uh, keratin, hair, nails, skin, um, and how your body functions, all of these different things are massively important. Um, I know from, from my perspective in, in university, I was eating, you know, chicken six times a day, but generally having a varied uh, amino acid profile or varied protein sources um, especially for females I find um, you know is massively is massively relevant but one thing that is probably makes them quite hesitant when you uh, you know you give them a nutrition program and it's so alien to them I find um, the the amount of frequency of meals normally decreases as well Um, you know without generalizing I think a lot of female clients that come to me initially will skip breakfast you know they'll have a coffee maybe um you know a croissant um for for you know lunch and they may squeeze a salad in at some point and then you know they don't really eat until just before bed and they'll have they'll have their last meal with a, a glass or two of wine and that is very common and for me to give them you know a nutrition program that has maybe double that protein obviously you know you want to build up to whatever you feel it needs to be is completely alien to them and i think that's something that you know is is, is important to address yeah, for, yeah. for health benefits no, no, you know, no. digestion like you said um but th- this is interesting because I, I explain this to trainers all the time no one's going to ring you or tell you that i'm signing up with you to work with you because i've got poor digestion mm-hmm. no one's going to ring up and say i'd love to work with you because i got poor sleep so we've got to introduce this topic at the most appropriate time where we don't overwhelm people with information. Yep. So we're going to ask the questions, how is your sleep? Mm-hmm. To be honest, I don't really sleep that well. Okay, cool. How is your digestion? So we're going to ask you some key questions on, you know, how many times do you go to the loo every day? Do you go to the loo every day? Do you have gas? Do you have bloating? Um, do you have do you, do you have any um, skin issues like eczema or do you have any skin issues like acne or do you have like mild hair loss? Mm-hmm. And females are like, why do you want to know all that? I'm mm-hmm. like, because it gives me a clue as to how your body's Absol- functioning. Absolutely. And, and from my clients listening, they know that I've kind of mentioned this over the last few weeks and it was kind of sparked by your seminar, to be honest, that I'm really not probably invasive enough as I should be. Um, and my clients will know, I've, I've spoken about this recently and I think questions like that are massively important and they're massively relevant. And, you know, things like, 
you know, bowel movements or, or even, you know, uh, menstrual cycles with females and things like that. It's so important for clients, I feel, um, to, you know, get that information across. Yeah. And, and, and one of the biggies for me is, you know, is a female going to be motivated by you going, yes, your weight's up on the barbell this week? No, mm. not initially. Is your female client, you're going to touch their arm and go, your triceps are filling out? No. So we, to, to, to have a scale of progression, we need to actually say to somebody, well, do you know when you filled in the questionnaire, did you want better hair, hair quality? You didn't know that was possible, but I bet you can notice it's improving. Yep. What about your digestion, your sleep? My God, since I've been doing this, I'm sleeping more. And you're like, well, that plays a big part. You know, so then females start to say, well, wow, like, look, I have to tell you, like, my fiance, like, she has a supplement routine in the morning, you know, she's following a particular way of eating at the moment, which suits her a lot more on a lower carb, Um, she has a lot more energy, Um, she looks fantastic, but she gets up in the morning and she associates her wellness, her sleep, her mood, her energy levels with her supplement protocol and with her training and her nutrition. And then she doesn't just associate her progress with doing a better glute bridge. Mm-hmm. She doesn't associate her progress with being able to run further. She associates it with internal well-being. And most females and guys underestimate because they've never been there how good it feels to feel great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that some of the biggest mistakes, you know, if I could go back to when I started and and one thing that I would I would massively urge you guys if, if you're starting off in your fitness routine or fitness regime or you know your training program or, or whatever it is is to take a lot of those things into consideration um because it's not until you do all of you know the complicated stuff and you realize that you know you're missing out on a lot of the basics um you know for me i think especially with with, with lagging areas i've, I've always kind of like struggled in terms of, of training frequency so you know, I'm I'm curious to to hear your thoughts on on training frequency and you know if if say for example you know I've got you know lagging arms or you know if girls want to build glutes hamstrings things like that how would you structure or what what do you think is 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 kind of um, the the basis or the principles behind you know training frequency for lagging areas? Okay, so let's just touch on lagging body parts. I played rugby for 22 years. And I have a, um, a reconstruction uh, operation on my left shoulder and separation of a full AC uh, joint on the right shoulder, lateral ligaments tear in the right ankle um, and a prolapse delphi best one disc, right? So all these problems over the years put me in the perfect category to not really build a balanced physique. Mm-hmm. In most people's eyes, once you picked up an injury, you have a niggle, that's your problem. And a lot of lagging, inverted commas, body parts are actually down to what you don't know mm-hmm. rather than the fact that you don't train them enough. Yep. So the first thing on training frequency is there is no point training anything more frequently if you're doing it badly. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Done. Absolutely. That's so it. a woman Mic will drop. say to me, done, boom, <laughs> yeah. see you later, guys. We are done. That's a wrap. Um, and the most important thing is, and I learned this, right? I've, I've, I've read bodybuilding magazines and everything over the years and gone, right, I'm going to train chest three times a week. Mm-hmm. Guess what? My delts were training chest three times a week. Absolutely. My triceps were training chest yep. three times a week. After my shoulder surgery, I really should have gone back to learning how to train my chest. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big revelation for me. And so what I do with females and I do with males is I say, right, stage one of working with me is going to be training three times a week. Oh, but I train four or five times a week. That's absolutely fine. If you want to do four, we'll do a full body workout Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. The interesting thing for men is the fact that if we start training body part specific workouts, that would require four, five, six exercises across a workout to do chest. 
The problem is if you can't do bench press right, you're not going to do incline press right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do cable flies right. You're not going to do pec net right. So it would make more sense to do a full upper body workout with a shoulder exercise, a chest exercise, and do a back workout, and do them more very efficiently and earn the right to do them more frequently. More frequently, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And what will happen there is I have found now that I will do – Maybe a, a pull workout like with back, like we're going to do t- later today with, with some arm work um, and some calves. And every single one of those, A, I'm on the money, B, the muscles getting absolutely annihilated and I can absolutely contract every part of the range of movement mm-hmm. and I'm in control every part of the movement. My goal when I train is to ensure that I maximally recruit and use the specific muscle throughout that set rep whatever it may be Mm -hmm. if i get to a point where something's breaking down i i'm losing tension within that muscle i'm done yeah and you you can see you can see the whole premise of this conversation comes back to efficiency regardless of whether it's business you know whether it's uh, muscle recruitment um or or digestion or nutrition or Mm -hmm. you know it's it's all about being efficient you can work a seven day week but if two of those days are efficient and and six and five are poor then the five are useless that's it that's it absolutely um you know and I think there's so much kind of noise, um, you know, out there about training. And I think you literally just hit it on the head. You know, if what's the point training it, you know, chest more frequently if, if you're not hitting it, you know, right in the first place. Um, that's something that, you know, is, is, is obviously easier said than done. But once you get used to that movement, once you get used to that motor pattern, um, I find personally um, now at least, um, well, we'll see later on, it might, it'll probably be relatively heavy, but if I'm struggling with um, a lagging area or I'm struggling with an exercise, I really do try and break it down. I drop the weight, I drop the ego, and I literally just go, right, okay, I can feel it now. Now it's time to start increasing the weight. Now it's time to start putting it in my lab book. Because for ages, I've, and, you know, I'd, I'll show you later on, but, you know, I've, I'm, I'm for my weight, for my size, I'm quite strong. I mean, I've pulled 280, 2.5 kilos from the ground as a deadlift um you know squatting 200 kilos for a few reps the other day but are 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 my lifts efficient probably not you know like when i was doing those if i break those right down and and i half the weight and and i execute them i make sure i'm more efficient my muscle fiber recruitment or you know the contraction that i'm feeling those muscles is 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 10 times better um and i feel then that if i can focus on the frequency of training you know whether it's uh, hamstrings being a lagging area of mine maybe two or three times a week with 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 more execution better execution and being more clinical then i generally see more results um that being said it's 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 uh it's um easier said than done especially when you're starting out well the research the research points towards training frequency yeah so the the research backs up the point that if we want to increase muscle size then training a muscle more frequently would make more sense. Therefore, what I would say to people is this. If you want to train your chest more frequently and you're going to do three upper body workouts a week and you're going to do a full chest workout on Monday, full chest workout on Wednesday, and a full chest workout on Friday, break that up. Mm-hmm. So do chest, delts, and arms, and then do back, tag on at the end of the workout, chest on Wednesdays, but do less volume. Yep but get the same amount of volume across a week, but hit it more frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that well, would make a lot more sense for people. Your anabolic window of recovery is just as just times two, times three for the week. Yes, exactly. You know, if, if, if you're... If, Stimulating if, pro- if, more protein synthesis more regularly, right? Absolutely. And if you go, you know, from a scientific perspective, if you say to, 
say, say to someone that you're going to simulate muscle protein synthesis three times um, over you whatever muscle group, you, you can break that down and be really, really basic, right? You do a, a bro split and, and train chest being a lagging body part for someone, you know, once a week. You're hitting chest 50 times in that year, 52 times in that year. You immediately like hit chest twice and you you've just hit it 104 times in the year and do you not think that if, if you really think that that's not going to make a difference to the growth of your chest well you know then and i don't know what to tell you really <laughs> and also let's let's look at the people that really have the absolute highest end of genetics and that is bodybuilders top end bodybuilders and you got to watch these guys and you think to yourself how can they get away with training chest once legs once back once and grow genetics Yep. They're incredibly gifted genetic athletes and animals. Now, when you then look at the average Joe, the day-to-day -day person who does not have that level of genetics, we've got to start looking at the science and trying to take, you know, a lot of these guys defy science. Yep. Really do. They can handle obscene amounts of food. They can handle obscene amounts of calories. Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of dense tissue. Yep. Whereas if we take away that person and look at the amount of tissue that the average person has, we've got to start looking at science to say, well, how do we get more efficiency? How do we get more out of the training sessions? And we're not going to get more out of a training session with somebody that's 22 years old who's been training a year by telling them to train chest on Monday, back on Tuesday, mm. quads on Wednesday. You know, we're going to tell them, okay, what I'm going to do is probably put you on push-pull legs. Or I'm going to put you on push-pull Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. But each push workout's got some quad in there. It's got some chest in there. It's got some shoulders. And Paul's got hamstrings back, you know, and, and, and curls. And and then we can repeat that cycle again on Thursday, Friday. Yeah. And then we're basically, as a beginner, getting that stimulation twice in the week. The one thing that we haven't really touched on is, is, is um, you know, in, in more detail and, and really made it quite obvious but the one thing that that, that un underpins what we're saying is that to be able to do the lift more efficiently right and if you're doing or exercising that lift you know for for chest you know say it's you know uh, incline barbell press once a week your ability to improve that lift you're gonna have to wait till next week whereas if you if, if the actual frequency of you doing that obviously um, you know, you do that a few times a week. You, you for the average Joe starting out, you know, if if, if you're not 100 percent sure and you do it more frequently, at least then over a shorter period of time, you're going to get used to that motor pattern. Going to get used to you know that contraction of 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 um of your chest, and you you can build on that. Like for me, this sounds nuts. As you know, I've been training for years, of course. Um, obviously, I've 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 a lot to learn in 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 a lot of areas. But I went back to an upper lower split this this summer. Literally, just back to basics. Yeah. I said, well, I'm going to do upper, lower, maybe a day off, or else I'll do upper, lower, upper, lower, then day off, four days on, one day off, four days on, one day off. Um, yeah, I, in, in, in terms of my upper, I had an upper one, upper two, lower one, lower two, and that was it. Mm. Um, you know, it, the the structure of my upper sessions were the same, but I may go from, you know, a chest press to, to a bench press or, you know, shoulder press to a shoulder press, you know, machine or, but, but, but the basics were upper, lower, upper, mm. lower, upper, lower. And I put on more um, size and, and, and I, I, I use kind of muscle tissue loosely, but I put on more size and more weight. And, and enjoyed it, right? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I, was, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was able to log my lifts um, properly for the first time, which I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I only kind of started doing that o o over the last year. Um, you know, once I finished my, my, my PhD and, and wrote up my thesis, I said, right, I need to, I need to start taking this, this seriously now, you know? So, and, and let's um, also look at this, right? If you do bench press on exercise one, 
you do incline press on numbered exercise two, mm -hmm. you then go to a dumbbell fly, and then you mm -hmm. finish with a cable crossover. Mm -hmm. When you've got to the cable crossover, your chances of really stimulating the chest in the shortened position, which mm -hmm. is what a cable fly will do, mm -hmm. after being fatigued for three exercises and probably three to four sets prior to that, it's not getting maximal. Absolutely. That's Logan, a very good point. Right? Yeah, very so good point. now if we then do, I'll tell you what we're going to do on chest. Mm -hmm. Let's make flat bench press exercise number one mm -hmm. and do like a real good loading set, warm-up sets, good big loading set, and then maybe um, a slightly lighter set, slightly higher reps. Change within the kind of mechanic, train within the, the ranges of how a muscle will grow. So we need some high reps in there to get some lactic acid. Mm -hmm. We need some tension in there to get some real loading through it as well. And we need to consider the fact that if we do another exercise, what are we then going to do on Thursday? So if we're going to do a press and a cable fly for Monday, on Thursday we could come in and do an incline press and a pec deck yep. training in different ranges but using two exercises maybe six sets total mm -hmm. to annihilate those movement patterns in, instead of annihilating two movement patterns trying to do two more on top of that at kind of like 30 40% of what you could do yeah so really I mean you've got a lot of progressive overload proponents out there which is basically every single lift is about doing more and more and more personally we know that um the muscles will grow from more than one variation of a stimulus. Mm -hmm. And so we need to make sure that we consider those when we train. But just going back to what we said, if we can try and do exercises twice in a week or body parts twice in a week, we get double the bang for the buck. I haven't uh, briefed Mark on this, by the way. I haven't prepped him, but that's exactly that's very similar to what I was doing over the summer. I was doing like a you know a, a flat chest movement, then a then an incline um, slash shoulder press movement. Then I was doing maybe two triceps, and that was pushed on. And yeah. then the the second half of, of of my upper was pull. Yeah. Um. You know, I would do um maybe two two rowing exercise um and 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 then two exercises to hit my lats. And then I would finish on some side lat raises or, 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 or a variation. And that was it. That was my upper session. I only did two sets. Um, I did, I was really, really efficient with my first set. It was a, you know, eight to 10 rep range. And then my second was 12 to 15. And literally, and, and I, 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 I shit you not. Every single session, every single set increased yeah. every week. Yeah. Literally, and I, I, I was looking at every time. I was like, oh, "We can't, like, it can't go up." But and and it sounds trivial. If it meant I was putting on one point two five kilo each side, or or, or two point five kilo each side, yeah, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, obviously, you need to earn the right to do that. You need to get the motor pattern down. You need to get used to the exercise. But once you do, uh, the thing is as well, and um, you know, I f for those of you guys who listened to my last. Um, podcast on progression this is massively important because there's so many different ways that you can um, gauge progression not just that your body fat's going down or mm -hmm. when i say body fat going down the scales are going down mm -hmm. there's so many other things and for me i was like okay the weeks that i wasn't putting on weight um or was struggling my lifts were still going up so for me i was focused on progression at some point and you know we we've myself and mark have talked um extensively about uh, you know positive mindset and, and progression in that sense and i feel like if you feel like you're in control and and at least one part of you know your your your, your training program is progressing then you just start feeling a lot more comfortable and and, and you start to trust the process a lot mm -hmm. more as well 
so yeah i think that's uh that's oh, dude we could we, we, we could talk for hours on that we could talk for hours on that so we'll try, you know what it's funny because there are a lot of people that have got a huge special fields and things like nutrition and supplementation you know one thing that i really really am passionate about is my training and yep. you know from a bodybuilding perspective you know just just getting in the gym and training i'll tell you this guys if you could actually just think of this the next time you go to the gym when you do a press when you do a row when you do a leg exercise do you really feel it? Mm-hmm. Most people in a lying leg curl, for example, can't feel the hamstrings. If you can't feel a muscle, then it's not doing anything. Yeah. And if it's not doing anything and something else is working, you would get more from your workout by going back and learning how to do it right with less weight yeah. than you would be adding weight and not using the muscle in the first place. And one thing I love about training now is going, as, as today, we're going to go to a different gym that I've not too been, been to before. Yeah. I'm going to see different, not different probably equipment that I've been on before, but maybe different it's manufacturers. Different setup, yeah. different setup. And I'm going to be like, right, how am I going to change this to maximize it for me? Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to training, there's a lot to learn about biomechanics, how it sets up for different muscles. It's a different, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, I'm sure um, there's opportunities to talk about these things at a different time. But when you go in the gym, you should want to try and make an exercise as efficient for yourself as possible and you should be um, enjoying your workouts and not frustrated that you're not feeling them. So don't try and flog a dead horse in your training. Always be prepared, you know, as Chris has just said, to take a step back and make sure you're maximizing you know, muscle recruitment on, on every part of your body. And I'll, I'll, I'll add this. It's not a lagging body part. It's just that you don't know enough about that body part. And I I teach this all the time in my seminars. Nothing is lagging. And we give you this. If you've got good legs, good glutes, if you've got a nice chest, but your back's terrible and your triceps are terrible, you will not born with a genetic dysfunctional tricep. You are just, you've got a biomechanical dysfunction or something that you don't know, an exercise you haven't done or a way of performing it that you don't know about. Because if you did know it, it would be just as good as the rest of your body. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's the best way to end that section. But, you know, you've just, that's, that's another mic drop moment. But, well, yeah, we're definitely going to get Mark back on and, uh, and and go into a little bit more detail about that. But you, we've got about what, 10 or so minutes left before uh, before my pre-workout gets overly extensive. And, and I'm, oh, get out of here. I'm there. <laughs> um, I'm there. That's so we can keep talking. Just to... Um, the last kind of topic that I want to touch on briefly is building a business. Um, and obviously this is something that is applicable to, to a lot of you guys who it doesn't necessarily need to be PT. It may, it may not be online coaching, but in general, um, building a business is, is something that, um, well, first of all, it was something I was never, I, I never thought that I would ever, ever do when in school I did, uh, uh we have like GCSE or a level equivalents and I ended up doing, uh, chemistry, biology, physics, applied maths, uh, mathematics, and, and a few foreign languages. So business never came into any of my subjects. I always, I hated business. I never, I, I, it was literally just my worst nightmare. And now it is, it consumes every hour of, of every day of, of, of my life. Um, so, you know, for those of you guys out there who, who are in similar situations or um, you know, maybe the idea of building um, a business for yourself or growing your own business that you already have or you're struggling. I want to talk to Mark, who's um, who's who's done it. You know, he's done it, and 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 there's there's a lot more to come about building a business, finding your niche. Um, the one that really interests me most is is scaling your business, um, and then also collaborating. Um, you know, so first of all, finding your niche. 
how important is that? And 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 in a way, it's kind of like, um, you know, like like we spoke already about about training. It's is finding what works for you. But um, you know, in terms of your niche as a business, um, you know, it's massively important, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And and I'll be honest with you, I've been in the fitness industry over fifteen years. Um, and uh, your niche isn't a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Your, your niche isn't a personal trainer. Your niche isn't a lawyer. Your niche, your niche isn't a banker. Um, guys, what is it that excites you, inspires you, motivates you every single day? And I truly believed, you know, at certain points in my career, it, it was various different things, if I'm honest. And then, you know, I tapped deep inside, you know, what gives me tingles on the back of my neck? What's my purpose? What's my mission? And I'll be honest with you, you're not going to get it from this podcast because um, it takes work. Yeah. It takes time. Um, but when you find that one thing that you wake up in the morning and go, this does it for me. And it may be working for a company. You know, there's a great book that I read that talks about visionaries and integrators, uh, Rocket Fuel. Mm-hmm. And visionaries and integrators, looking at visionaries is the entrepreneurial side of you. That's the person that's going out there, coming up with ideas, solutions to problems, and creating businesses. Then there's the integrator, and the integrator is the person that doesn't really want to be in the limelight, but is happy to work. And if you find that your passion in a, in a business is working for somebody, then then that's what you do. You don't have to be an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. But if you do, and you're this visionary, you've got to find something that you can lock onto. Yeah. And when you lock onto it, the thing is with growing a business is you need to market your business. If you don't have a niche, you're talking to many, not few. And it's that, that, that specific audience that's ultimately people are going to lock onto. You're going to build a tribe from it and you're going to build loyalty from it and you're going to get people that are going to invest in it. And that's how you get to that brand. That's how you get to your business. And the thing is for me, I coach personal trainers. I teach personal trainers how to improve their mindset, develop their skill set and their methodology and then turn that into business through understanding marketing and making how to make money. Absolutely. And, and, and so for me, there's a whole flow of that. And it wasn't until I got to that point where I went, right, how do I find my niche? What is it? And it's like, if you bounce in and out of finding your niche, you're going to keep going bouncing in and out of different niches or different fields. The one thing that helped me more than anything was saying, who do I want to help? Why do I want to help them? How does that make me feel? And if it inspires me and motivates me every single day, and there is also a desire for your product, yeah. So a lot of people say, yeah. like somebody said to me the other day, my niche is going to be working with, um, you know, men of a particular age who have this this problem. And I said, do they really have that problem? And it was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, it's a niche you've created, but there's not a desire for a product. Yeah, there needs to be demand. There needs to be demand, yeah. right? So I think biggie for me, when you're trying to find your niche is, one, there has to be a demand for it. Mm-hmm. Two, it has to excite you and inspire you. But other thing within it, within your niche, if it can link to something in your life that's very, very important, you see every day within your niche, you've got to be motivated to make it work. And for me, I actually love personal training. Some people actually do their job. They don't inside out love the product necessarily, but what the business helps them achieve in life is the thing that buzzes them up. Yep. So if it's actually feeding your family and taking your family on holiday and it satisfies that and there is a product there that you can sell, mm-hmm. it becomes your niche but it satisfies your big life goals, yep. then you're going to go after that with every bit of energy that you've got. And and that transcends down to the people, you know, that you're 
the, the clients that you're helping as well. For example, like if you want to be successful with, with a high ticket program, like like you have many, you want to you know have a solution that solves a big problem. Mm-hmm. If you can solve a big problem, you know you you, you have yourself a high ticket a high ticket program. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, and if you have you know, a program that solves uh, a small issue, you know, if you say to someone like. Yeah, I I, I want to get you to lose, say six weeks. You know, I want you to lose like four pounds. People are, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. If you say I want to get you on the cover of a magazine, yeah. all of a sudden that, that changes the ball. It changes it completely. If you if, if you turn around to you know a personal trainer and say you know, I'm going to help you scale your business, you know, to a six figure business, all of a sudden they're like, whoa, shit. Okay. Well, well help, helping well helping people with weight loss is very open ended. It's not really niche. Exactly. But if you help women who are 45 to 55 mm-hmm. who have potentially coming close to menopause who are struggling with weight loss yep. then we've got a niche yep. and we've got a niche of menopause we've got an actual product there in terms of what problem is are you helping what you know what, what's your solution what's your product helping people with and ultimately you're going to be teaching menopause to women between that age group who are struggling with you know sweats or or or, or, or cravings or, or losing muscle loss or adding weight you're speaking to a particular audience. So ultimately your niche is that audience that you're going to speak to, that that product that there is a demand for. And it's something that excites you, motivates you every single day. And and to me, you know, you got to work hard to find it. Yeah. yeah. It's not just going to land on your lap. Absolutely. And it changes. Like as as, as you know yourself, you, you know, you, you'll find yourself doing something, you know, as an entrepreneur and then you'll go, mm, you know, I like this, but you know, maybe maybe this isn't my niche long term. As we grow and change, right? Yeah. You know, one of the things is every six months I sit down and write my values out. Mm. And my values aren't just one you know, one thing. They are what motivates me, inspires me, what drives me, what do I think about most every single day? And, you know, it's not just about what I want to achieve, but, you know, what something am I trying to achieve? What am I trying to get to? Mm-hmm. And that kind of changes because, you know, you know, this year, for example, I'm getting married. The thought of having children never motivated or inspired me. Mm-hmm. But the thought of getting married now and then actually becoming a home builder mm-hmm. and a father... Mm-hmm fills me with immense power, pride and energy. Yeah. So I wake up every morning and people are like, what's the power behind you? And it's like, of course, it's to, it's to become the best in my niche mm-hmm. and deliver the very best product. But there's this screaming down part of me that says, you're going to be the best dad. Yeah. And you're going to give, you know, whoever my, you know, boy or girl, the mm-hmm. best life possible and be the best husband. And that is a vulnerability to me. I, I, people are like, oh, I'm not going to talk about relationships. This... Being a father and a husband, it excites me mm. and gives me a power and a drive to succeed like I've never, ever thought I would have. But unless I had stopped and evaluated how do I feel about this happening, mm-hmm. I wouldn't come up with, you know, having a niche means you can also come up with different products and different ideas and grow Absolutely. different. Ideas. And they come to you because you've got something that motivates you. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, this is, phew, you and I could go on for, for hours on this subject, but, you know, finding that niche is very, very important. If you don't have it, you've actually got to take a stop, set back and start to evaluate you, what's important to you, what, what are you, to find your niche also, what are you skilled at? What yeah, do you what do you what, you what are you experienced in? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to be honest with you, there's a lot of people that say I'm going to have a niche. Something I learned really very recently was if your personality doesn't match that niche, you're not going to develop a product. Yeah. So if you got personal trainers saying I know what my niche is, it's going to be 25 year old guys that want six packs, and you're introverted, you're not particularly in that great shape, but you think you can market to it's these not guys, work. not going to work. It's not going to work. You know, yeah. not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I think it's it, it, it's funny you say that because, you know, for me, I've always been, um, you know, focused on, for me, the two biggest dreams I ever had. Um, I basically said, I'm going to try both of them. I'm going to roll the dice on both and hopefully one will come true was, you know, to, to do a PhD and get doctor in front of my name and, and, and the other unrealistic goal in my mind was to get on the cover of a magazine. Um, Boom. And yeah, so <laughs> now, but, you know, I, I can laugh and joke, but I, sometimes I go through stages and, and I feel a little lost. I'm like, what's next, you know? And, and you know, it's, it's a strange place to be when everything that you've ever wanted to achieve has already been ticked off. But then what happens next? You reevaluate, you yep. change. Um, you know, I've, I've grown as a person massively in the last like two to three years and, and so have my values and, and so have my goals and, and so is my reason why, like, you know, I, I spoke about this in a YouTube video recently about, you know, what is my why? And when I first got into fitness, it was, well, I didn't even think I would get on the cover of a magazine, but when I thought that was a reality, uh, that then became my why. Um, and now it's my why is, 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 is my clients and seeing, literally their lives change you know on a, on a weekly basis and 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 those guys inspiring me so yeah i absolutely you know 100 agree i feel like you need to reevaluate um all the time um you know a, a lot happens in a short space of time in 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 this life especially in this industry mm-hmm. um and i just do you know it's interesting with that guys when you when you evaluate where you're at right now if you're in a relationship do it with your partner as well because point, the one yeah. thing that I really learned from John Martini, I went to see him speak. If you haven't looked him up, guys, he's an incredible personal development lecturer and worldwide author. Um, and I actually took my fiance with me. Oh, awesome. And we sat at the front and listened to an amazing evening all about values. Mm-hmm. And I studied his concepts. His book is incredibly called The Values Factor. It's an incredible read. And um, I want to know her values. Mm-hmm. I want to know what motivates her and inspires her because my life's not about me. It's about her too. And what happens in most relationships is that you go off on your journey to satisfy what you want to satisfy, but you very rarely stop and link what's important to you with your partners. Mm -hmm. And if, for example, you have a wife at home that's bringing up the children and you're not motivated by her desire to bring up your children because she's not successful, because you want to be successful... Stop and realize what's important to her, mm-hmm. being a wife, being a yep. mum. And you go out there and make the money and vice versa. If you're an entrepreneur or a woman and you've got to stay at home husband, you too have got to realize your roles and responsibilities and values to be successful. And then every six months, reevaluate them. So, you know, myself and my fiance, we sit down and we'll go through our values and they change. And then when I look at hers and I go, okay, great. I Now I know what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very important. That's massive. Yeah, that's massive. And I think from from experience with, with clients, I feel like having that kind of connection or that support network around you, you know, f- from f- from a client's perspective, you know, running you know, from an entrepreneur's perspective, yep. having a good network around you and being on the same wavelength with the people around you, be it a partner or friends or family, is so, so important. And it's massively understated. It really, really is. Um yeah, unfortunately, I'm not in that situation yet. I'm run, I'm I'm flying solo. For hey, well, now, listen, but. listen. I get to I got to 39 <laughs> years old, and had been in in and out of relationships. Not many. Um, I actually realized very early on in my career that um, you know, whilst I said I wanted a relationship, there was a big underlying thing with me that said, "Hey, you got a mission to do." And yep. whilst you might have relationships every so often. Um, your mission is to be successful. It wasn't until I got to about 35, 36 that I went, this is probably why I've been single because my deep subconscious knew 
that I'd made a commitment to become successful mm. in my business first before I committed to that. And then when I got to the point where I was like, right, now I can bring somebody in, I met the right type of person. So at 39, I met my right person. Yeah. And uh, that's after 16 years of running a business. Yeah. And so I would rather get to 39 and have the rest of my life with an incredible person where our values are in lined, aligned as opposed to getting to 25, 35 and being with the wrong person and struggling for the rest of my life realize, realizing I'd made a wrong decision. Yep. You know, So there was a big clarity moment for me realizing, do you know what's quite funny? If we stop and realize why something's not happening in our life, nine times out of 10, it's because we've asked it not to happen. Yeah. I, I, I seriously can't express how how that has just impacted me seriously because you know for me i feel like i i say on the outside my my two biggest goals were to get on the cover of a magazine and get a phd but probably my my biggest goal was to i suppose have a you know family that i never had um and for me that is something that i feel is will at one point in my life be everything um, but right now, I'm 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 not there yet. I'm not able to give it 110. percent And anyone who knows me knows I don't do anything unless yeah, I give 110. percent So and you know what's incredible on on that subject, and we've kind of diverged slightly, but I'm sure this is adding value to you all, guys. I read a great book about champion athletes, and the one thing that champion athletes have is an incredible optimism. Mm-hmm. And the reason they have optimism is because in eight years' time, they're going to go to the Olympics. But they've got to train every single day, yeah. knowing that in eight years' time they're going to go to the Olympics. Yeah. Now, if you have landed on yourself on the cover of a magazine, if you have done a PhD, there is no doubt that Chris is going to be get everything that he wants in life. Mm. That's just optimism. Yeah. And the reason I can tell you this is because I get to 40 and I have the most beautiful fiance getting married. My business is growing. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm getting an opportunity to network and meet people like Chris. And this isn't luck. Mm. This is all planned out. Yeah. And I think the term engineer your life mm-hmm. is something that most that. people don't do. Yeah. Right. And I teach it a lot of my business seminars. It's like, guys, what do you want your life to look like? And I truly believe I said I wanted my life to look like this with someone like this. Okay, it's not going to happen right now, but what happens is that if you just go in the right path to becoming successful, you attract better people. If you have a better physique, I did say I wouldn't meet somebody until I got a great better physique because I also wanted to meet somebody that appreciated physique and training. Yeah. So if I wasn't in shape and I met somebody that partied and drunk, mm-hmm. it would complicate my life rather Absolutely. than complement it. Yeah, and that's that, that, I, I, I don't to want to meet podcast. a drinker. I don't want to meet a drinker. Absolutely. I listened to that podcast and I loved it. It was, yeah. uh, you know, is, is, is something that, that, that either comes into your life or is in your life complicating your life or complementing yeah. your life? And I think, um, you know, we spoke off, um, off the podcast beforehand about, I, I suppose, my kind of journey over the last few years. And right now I'm, I can be very cutthroat right now and I, I feel like I need to be, but until something is going to co- come along, you know, even be, be it friends, um, you know, relationships, uh, business opportunities, um, you know, whatever it is, if it's going to complicate my life, then it's, it, it's just, uh, it's just not for me. Would you um, know there's a, um, can I use a swear word on this? Have to go for it. Okay, cool. Type in the internet guys, f- uh, article, fuck yes, fuck no. Right. And it's a very short article. Right. But I found this in entrepreneurs. They have a fuck yes, fuck no attitude. Yeah. There's no no. Yeah. There's no no maybe. Yeah. When I go into a shop and I have a pair of jeans, they hold it up and I go, no. Yeah. 
I got to a Mate, point. That's me. No, no, no. That, and do you know me. why? Yeah. Do you know why? It's the easiest way to live your life. Average means you're unsure of everything in your life. Mm-hmm. I, I not average. I mean unsure. So, do you want that house? Yes or no? Mm, yeah. Let me weigh it up. You aren't clear on loads of things in your life because you can't make a decision. Yeah. So. I'm going to meet a girl. What was the date like? My mum used to get so frustrated when I'd come home and she'd go, she looks so lovely. And I'd go, no. Nope. No. She'd go, what was wrong? I just went, no. Nope. No. Nope. And it was a no. And it was, it was I wasn't going to entertain it. And the weird but, thing but, was. But but the reason that was is because why? You had already engineered your life out uh, and you knew. Well, the, that that, that person had one, two or three things that didn't fit in. And do you know what the funny thing is? When I met my fiance, Marsha, um, I came home and I looked at my mum and she went, what? And I went, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think you'll marry her? I went, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then she was like, oh my God, like that's the most clear you've ever been in your life. I went, I know. Yeah. And so when she asked me later on, like a year and a half later, she said, are you, you, you going to marry her? And I was like, yep. But all the way throughout my life, my mum would say to me, um, we're going for a family meal. Are you coming? And I would say no. Yeah. Why? I just got some of the, I, I, I like, obviously I would make time for family, but, yeah. but you know, if there's certain things that I didn't want to do, I'd like, no, yes, no, yeah. yes. Mark, just think about it. Come on. And I'd no. The reason being is that there's a clearly defined path that I'm on yeah. and it will either complement or complicate my life doing it, whatever I do. So I would always say to my family, what are you doing? Um, let's say, for example, uh, we're all meeting up at lunchtime tomorrow and my family would say, what are you doing in the morning? I was like, I'm training at nine. And they went, well, could you not come to the family do early? I was no. like, if I don't get my training done, it complicates my life. Yeah. So I'm just going to do what complements first and then you have my full invite undivided attention. Yeah. Yeah. So all these things that you've just been telling me now, Absolutely. like that you say no to, no to, that's actually because you know where your life's going. Yeah. yeah. You know where it's going. It's just not going to complement it if you entertain it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's like me on a Wednesday night. I, I have a few hours where my phone goes away mm-hmm. and I normally go see a movie. I'm a big movie geek. I've yeah, got, like got like a limitless card. So I, I, I love a movie. So, you know, and that is my chill out time. And generally speaking, I'm just so cutthroat with everything else. I feel like I need to be. I feel like I have to be, especially when, you know, you've got so much going on like yourself. So yeah. I think that's a great way to a great way to finish. I think we've 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 kind of gone completely off track, but very relevant and, and hopefully added some value. Um, well, do you know what? Just briefly on touching that subject, a business will never be successful unless it's coming from an authentic place. Yeah. I, I teach that. personal development, personal development and business. And the reason being, every successful entrepreneur that I've met has their shit together. Mm-hmm. They know where they're at. They know what they want. They're competent in their thoughts, actions, values, and beliefs. This all stems from personal development. And so if I start to work with anybody, uh, mentoring as I do all over the world, coaches in business and business and any entrepreneur, I'm like, we're going to start with some very fundamental questions. It's all related to your values, beliefs, goals, missions, the lifestyle that you want to have in three, four, five years time. And then when we look back at that and think everything that I'm going to talk to you about business, you're going to struggle to market your business if you're not clear yourself you're going to struggle to market your business if you're in the wrong business Mm. so we got to do personal development first which is why when we end up in talking about business if you want to run facebook ads if you want to run google ads if you want to run marketing campaigns on instagram if your business business isn't in authentic and it's not coming from a true genuine place it's not going to attract audience yeah and you're not going to be able to people will see that transparency and so that's why i truly believe that when you listen to the most 
powerful entrepreneurs, they talk about motivation, they talk about inspiration, they talk about and values. From the heart. It's coming from the heart because yeah. these guys go, I want to help you yeah. because something in me has given me a mission in life to help you back. So I still believe, guys, that if personal development is not a part of your life, do me a favor, read that values factor by John Martini. Mm. It'll open your eyes to how impactful that is on business as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I think we're going to leave it there. Um, before Mark goes, Mark, for anyone listening to this and, and my followers, where can they hear more about you? Well, I have a podcast, which is called The Mastery Podcast. It is awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so I actually love doing that. I do a Mastery Monday on Monday mornings for five minutes, and then I do a later on podcast in the in the week, Thursday or Fridays. Right. Um, very specific to personal trainers in business. However, because it's about business, it's very relevant, a lot of it, to a lot of other people. Yeah. My Instagram page is where you'll find me, uh, Mark Coles M10. Um, that's a biggie, really, uh, because you can reach out to me, join me on there. Um, send me a message, say hi, um, let's connect. I'd love to talk to anybody out there. Um, and then I, my business is M10, uh, M10 Fitness. So if you want to check out the Facebook page awesome uh, or the website, well, thank the you very much. Awesome my pride and joy. Um, and I have an amazing team. I always want to yeah. respect my team as yeah. much as I can because without them working hard and Lovely coaching our clients... Amazing guys, very passionate, very knowledgeable. And you know what? I always say your vibe attracts your tribe. And I think at the end of the day, I try and lead from the front and I try and, you know, get a team alongside me that believe in my values and mission too. And as a result of that, we've got a a great business and a great team and we help a lot of people on a day-to-day basis. So I'm very grateful for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So before I go, uh, I just want to say a massive thank you for being here. Um, obviously I'm going to get annihilated now we're about to train back (laughs) so um, yeah this has gone on longer than expected but absolutely amazing I'll definitely get Mark on again at some point in the future so just a massive thank you Um, I hope this was of massive value to you guys Um, yeah like I said reach out to Mark Um, lovely lovely guy Um, he's going to be bombarded with text for me for the the next few weeks (laughs) picking his brain on stuff but yeah that's awesome so guys I hope you enjoyed have a productive day Have an awesome day. Just remember, you won't get this day again. Make the most of it.